you know, if we're not involved in, the, at the, in this leadership, then we can't, you know, be prepared to bring what you need to have to, su to support what your, your initiatives are. Everyone out there listening, you're listening to Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. Today, we are talking with Randy Kellum. Yes. I have this yes, correct. Sir. Director of Information Technology for... Maker of airbags. That's right. Airbags. Yeah. We're saving airbag lives. And, uh, yes, airbag inflators. Yeah, we, how, man, we manufacture an inflator. How many uh, airbag inflators are there out there in the world? Manufacturers of airbag inflators. Well, manufacturers, uh, we're well, as far as the uh, largest, we would be a second one, the second largest. So there's two of us that are the primary. Uh, all the leave and are, are two of the primary. This how many exactly? I don't. I don't know. The, the point is, is there's not many. So well, if you guys, many. so if the data center goes down, um, we're going to have some problems with airbags. Right. That's right. That's excellent. Excellent. So a uh, director of information technology, how many at, and the company is ARC or do we say ARC? I want to get this right. Yeah. Our, our employee base is about 1500. Beautiful. Are you guys a Microsoft shop? We are a Microsoft shop. Predominantly, we do have a number of Linux platforms. So we run uh Oracle databases across all our plant sites, and they're all Linux-based uh, systems. But otherwise, we're primarily uh, Microsoft. Excellent. You never know if someone goes. People go Google every now and then. People do G Suite. The, uh, I've known some very, very massive organizations that just said, "No, we're just going to go G Suite," just because yeah. Microsoft stuck it to us a week ago. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yes, I hear you. That's right. Uh, but I love you, Microsoft. I'm not not saying anything. It's a love. It's a love, 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 hate. Maybe a little bit relationship. So, so talk to me. Give me. Let's do this the old school way. What was your first computer? It was probably an IBM PC 8086 system. We pick so, it up. Where did I get that? No, I, I got it from IBM. I think my dad brought it home. So I don't really remember exactly. Where it came from, he picked it up. I believe it's from back back in the day. No one knew they would be in computers for life. They did computers for fun. Did you did you have any idea you're gonna you know do this for like that like you know something to do with computers would actually become like a real job and living? No, I didn't. I, I in college I was I studied physics, so uh, my intent was to be a physicist, and I started out that way. When I was in college, I vowed that I wouldn't do IT work for a living. I, I took a Fortran course my junior year of Fortran programming course and I hated it. And I just said, I won't do this for a living, you know, but then of course now I've done it for over you know, 30 years, but that, I got into it initially working for Naval Intelligence after college. And I had to get into some programming there to help with my research. And that's how I got started. It's amazing. We did anything back in the day without technology or right. pr primitive. Like we sent people to the, the moon supposedly. Yep. Supposedly, right. there's some people out there that believe we didn't go to the moon, but you know we send people to the moon without without the internet. I mean, it might have been right. maybe, maybe we should call it intranet back then. I don't know. You know, there might have been you know, but I mean, for for the most part, we we sent people to the moon, and while working on floppy disks, which yeah, is you're right. Which is amazing. I just find that quite, yeah, quite, you know, and, and I'm only saying that from, a, you know, you know, if you studied physics and, you know, I, I remember, I remember physics and memorizing equations and it was probably one of my weaker, one of my weaker points in time. But uh, yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, you know, trajectories and and, and orbits and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, math, slide rules. I wonder. Right. Someone probably used a slide rule somewhere along that somewhere along that line. I, my son-in-law is an engineer. I asked him the other day. I was like, "Can hey, you know what a slide slide rule is?" He's like, "No." I had to Google it and show him a picture of what a slide rule is. Like it was some archaic thing. So yeah, I just I think about the programs being a stack of cards, you know, and just that uh, card stack, and you feed those through the card reader. <laughs> Uh, to execute the program, you know, and get a card out of sequence, you know, trying to figure that one out, where that card was you know, out of the sequence, so it seems next impossible to figure out, so. And, and we can, yeah, that's just amazing. Yeah. We, we complain about speed nowadays, but, right. you know, you and I know what real speed issues were. The So, as a director of information technology, how big uh, a team, what do you guys have? Let's start off maybe with, I don't know, what do you think, are, what do you, what, what's some of your biggest challenges nowadays? You know, of course, this past couple of years, working, you know, balancing the remote work was a challenge. Uh, we had not been a remote workforce, so supporting that was a huge challenge. And, and still, we have some that are working remote, but we're primarily back in the office. But, you know, implementing that infrastructure or having prepared that groundwork for something like that ahead of time was a big plus. So that's one of the things, you know, keeping our systems databases up and running or getting the information into the uh, appropriate person's hands, uh, looking at analytics, that's huge. Uh, we're implementing analytics now to you know, really try to improve that the visibility to our leadership team, to our quality group, to our engineers, as to what's really going on in the, in the factory, where our problem areas are, what we can do to change things to make it, whether it's processes or product, that's, that's, that's what we're looking at. So we're in the process of implementing uh, a large analytics platform now. So those are some of our key challenges. As far as the analytics goes, where do you guys begin with that? And is there any kind of like ai or or data scientist type people we need to bring in for that type of thing or is this something you guys are getting just from like let's just observe and and, and measure right now it's internal our, our staff is going through uh, training with our our product that we acquired engineers are involved quality group quali our quality group is going to be the largest users at least out of the out of the box here and then I have some IT people that are going through the training to help support that. The data loads or any kind of questions that we might get from the end user, we need to support that. But right now, it's mostly our quality staff. So the initial plan is to just you know, generate, the inter, you know, provide that data in a reader format, a meaning format to help shed some light on you know, where our constraints are in the factory process, uh, manufacturing, manufacturing process, but ultimately integrate that with machinery to where we may shut down an operation or shut down a line if something begins to, you know, show it's getting out of spec or maybe even predictably so. Take a look at the, you're shutting down an operation if the statistics are showing that, hey, you're going to have a problem in the next hour or two. So that's where we're headed with it. Have you guys found any inefficiencies yet or is this just the beginning? It's just beginning. Uh, so we've just uh, completed our first training cycle. Uh, so we're looking right now, probably May, June timeframe, before we start to implement, looking at the inefficiency and such. So it'll, it'll be a couple months out yet. But, you know, it's, I, we have a lot of high expectation, I think, with this. You know, the product that we have researched and spent about six months with the research evaluation of various products. So we have some you know, pretty high expectation with the one that we selected. And to maybe just be a little more granular in, in what sense, from a sense of 
labor productivity from a sense of staffing appropriately when on the manufacturing floor to changing processes and improvements or time to, I don't know, make an airbag? I would say it's, you know, what we're looking for is, is to improve the quality. So less and less, create less parts, you know, uh, that have a problem. So, you know, they've got to pass the quality checks. Uh, so you want to lessen your scrap, reduce the scrap, basically, is what we're gotcha, gotcha. after here. So, and I meant not airbags, airbag pumps, correct? Am I getting this? Inflators, yeah. Inflator. Right, inflator. Sorry, inflation. Just out of curiosity, how does that work? Are we talking like uh, some sort of like canister filled with gas that inflates a bag real quick? How does it work? Yeah, it does. It's it's an okay. energetic that we have an energetic that does inflate, create a high, I guess, temperature, a high temperature that inflates the bag. Uh, rapidly and that's the that's the thing is they're inflated uh, instantly so yeah uh, that's that that's achieved with something they call an energetic okay rewinding back to physics in college and saying that you were never going to do this for a living did something get exciting about this job or did you just say no i'm just stuck here and i just have been doing this forever so that's why i'm in it yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, I, I I came from software uh, development. I love software development, uh, and that's what really got me into it. So initially, I wasn't too jacked up about it, but you know, I went back to after some time in naval intelligence. I went to graduate school, and while I was in graduate school, I got a job working in the business office as a programmer. So it was there that I really started getting excited about uh, developing software, solving problems, that type of thing. And so from there, it just kind of started, you know, the different companies, different situations, but I've always been very excited about software development. So that's where I've managed the bulk of my career is in the software side. Then we go moving into senior roles as a director, taking on not only you know, the business system side of it, but also the infrastructure side. So I enjoy the infrastructure side because we are planning out for the future strategically. So putting uh, infrastructure in place that can support new business initiatives down the road. So I also enjoy that. I enjoy coming to work every day. I mean, I get excited about this this work. So making a difference for our business is ultimately you know, our ultimate goal. A lot of, one, one of the common themes that comes up a lot on the show is IT, technical, software-minded, engineering-minded people not necessarily enjoying talking with working with understand people and users to begin with i have a show that that i recorded the other day that was just quite hilarious where he said no don't ever put me in front of the people i hate talking with the people <laughs> and and the the it, it was kind of ironic because I, I thought we were recording a podcast and he's like no we're supposed to be talking about a, a microsoft teams migration and i was like oh well can we just turn this into a show also at the same time because it's just so funny that you literally said everything that is like the stereotype of an it director right. <laughs> you, you know what i mean so right. you went from software which is probably the most stereotypical like sit in a closet you know in a dark room in front of a screen coding to c-suite and stakeholder presentations and understanding the language of business and present and you know presenting presenting all of that where did you get that experience and or courage or ability to be able to do that because and i once you've been doing it long enough, you don't really think of it as like a courageous thing anymore. You don't think of it, but I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that have anxiety when they go to present to C-suite or if they never have even the thought of 
maybe stepping out of their comfort zone and, and starting to do some of the things that may not come firsthand. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, I'm a, I got, you know, a more exposure for big pins and down in Florida. So that's where I really grew. I think the most significantly now. And so I moved in I was a business uh, manager of business systems for uh, a number of years there before I moved into the director role and I'm reporting to the CEO. But I, I, prior to that, I didn't really have a great deal of experience doing a C-suite meetings, presentations, mm-hmm. what have you. So it's a you know, learn-as-you-go, basically, experience. The company did invest in me in the sense that they sent me to some you know senior-level leadership programs and that type of thing with Centers for Creative Leadership. But beyond that, it was just, you know, getting in front of uh, a CEO and, you know, giving them the presentation. I, you know, and uh, the companies and the CEOs, are, I mean, they're different. The expectations are different. I worked for a Japanese automotive company earlier uh, in my career. And there, when I did some presentation to our, our president, you know, it's, it's very brief, very scaled down one page. But then let's I, dig uh, into that. Yeah. Let's just dig into that real quick. Okay. When you say one page sure. bullet points, like, yeah, um, this is what we have. This is what we're looking to do. This is how much it costs. Good, yeah. better, best. Yes, no, or maybe. Yeah, it's, so I, w- I would give a status report. So I would do whatever the project is. I'd show the project name. And then uh, out to the side, it would be a circle, a delta, or an X. And that would tell them a circle meant that everything was going according to schedule. Everything is according to plan. A delta means some problem. They want a little bit of an explanation. The X means it's not going well at all, and they want a lot of explanation. <laughs> so that's really about, that was about it. It was a grid like that. And so, you know, as far as the budget type of stuff or money type of things, I would present a one-page document that would just summarize the dollars, you know, how they're being spent, what they're being spent on, but very, very little information, not a lot of detail behind that. And then I would give more of a you know, brief verbal presentation last five minutes and it was a yes or no with the project it was that quick nice. uh, so uh, kind of like a temperature check kind of like a temperature check with all departments i'm assuming you, do you That's have right. any examples of those old reports uh, i don't think i have any anymore no i don't i haven't i did not keep them i would but, just uh, love to even even yeah. if it was just a a napkin drawing example yeah. of that yeah, That's, yeah. Um, i could do that yeah that'd be yeah, cool I'd love to just see an example of that. Okay, so you have that. So you have the quick, the the, the quick experience. Then okay, so what, what were some of the other examples? I guess. Yeah, well, so I moved when I left. Then so I went to Bic, and and so my first status meeting with our my new boss. You know, I you know, I asked him what kind of format do you want for your status meeting, and uh, he said, "Won't you won't you just bring something to the meeting? We'll see. We'll do it your way." So I brought that same format to the status meeting that I'd used uh, with a Japanese automotive company. And he was like, well, what is this? You know, and, you know, where's the details? You know, that now it went from very little to, I had to have you know, pages and pages of detail. So uh, uh. it was, it was a very different approach, but pages of detail. So yes, yes. Okay. And, th- and this is not the CEO at that time. That's the director of IT. I was reporting to when I went to work for big, but yeah, he liked a lot of detail. So, you know, a, a meeting, a status meeting with him would go an hour and a half, and I would be going through a great deal of detail on a weekly basis. Was it useful that. from now that you're in a director of IT role? What's your preference if people come to give a report to you? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm in between. I, I like a little detail uh, of the project. So we have something that I call an issues list. 
Uh, Wait, what, so say I'm that again. Su- what was it? An issue, an issue list. Oh, issue list. Oh, issues. How appropriate. Uh, How appropriate so in technology. Uh, I know this. Uh, so, uh, that's what's right. your issues list? Uh, give yeah, it to me. Your, let me see it. <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, it gives a, a summary of, of kind of like I did for the Japanese company and then a, a you know, section for small details. Uh, <laughs> and just, you know, are we on target? Yes or no kind of thing. So it's a little more than what we did. I did for the Japanese company, but not near the extent that I was required to give that, that big. So issues um, list. I like. Yeah, it. issues list. Yeah. How many issues are allowed to be on the list? Do we have like a minimum amount uh, of issues? Yeah, I don't have a cap. It's uh, I have uh, <laughs> whatever your open issues are. You know, and they actually stay on there, either closed or open, uh, forever. So it becomes a good audit trail and a good summary for what you've done in the past. The guys use it to kind of summarize their year when they're doing their their annual reviews and that uh, kind of thing. Look at how many issues we resolved. Yeah, issues, the details, and what okay. have you. Yeah. I have yeah. 500 issues. <laughs> <laughs> and now that meant it's not a good thing. But yeah. <laughs> no. Are you guys doing that in some kind of shared document or anything where you check things off? Or like, how are you managing that? I'm just curious yeah, from I mean, like a... Yeah, well, each, uh, each staff member has their own document. So they are, mm. we have a uh, shared folder, mm. uh, but I believe most of the guys are keeping it local to their uh, their own computer. And you know, they tend to email me the documents, which I'm, I'm fine with them, but their own document, they just send it to me an email. Then when we meet, we just we sit down and review it together. How are you? How many guys do you have? Here in Knoxville, it's just four of us right now. So we, we've really we've scaled back the last couple of years. So we're running really lean here in Knoxville. We, you know, we do have sites and we're responsible, not directly managing the other staffs, indirectly so, other staffs at other sites. And we are responsible for uh, managing some of the infrastructure and planning the infrastructure at some of our other site locations. So the big items, the big hitters, we were responsible for out of here. And servers network. Gotcha. And uh, end users, um, do you have direct uh, contact or um, do they allow you guys to talk with the people? Okay. Yeah, we have direct contact with users. So here in Knoxville, I mean, we do a lot of on-site. We'll go, you know, face-to-face with the users. So contact with the user via phone, uh, via Teams, what have you. Yep, gotcha. The biggest change during the pandemic, what was the biggest I don't want to say showstopper, but what was the biggest crap? We need to do this now. Yeah, it was when when we started working from home. It was really trying to make to making sure that we have enough equipment. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, everybody needed a laptop, and so we were in the process of moving our, our staff here at Knox with the laptops. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we still had quite a quite a number of desktops. So, so you're going either, to going to every Best Buy and Target and buying up laptops and shipping them out. We did, we did acquire a few laptops and we also had some old laptops in there. Uh, I had one guy just saying, I, I was, I just started calling every Best Buy and said, okay, what do you got? All right. Yeah. Take them all off the shelf, put them there. That just sounds crazy to me. Okay. So it was getting people equipment. What about yeah. communications? Were you guys, I mean, how would, how'd you guys do your voice? Did you might yeah. migrate to teams or what'd we do or, you know? Yeah, the bulk of it was done through Teams. You know, we in the prior year we had just implemented SD WAN, uh, really improved our interconnectivity among our facilities. Can I take and a so guess? It, well, first of all, let me take a guess. Was it a equipment based or was it a, a cloud based SD WAN? Well, it's it's cloud. Uh, we I mean we do have some equipment on each of the sites, but the the services that we we get the uh, firewall services, the security services mm-hmm. that we get from them is all cloud based. Cato Networks? Cato? Cato. That's exactly right. Cato Networks. I got it on the first try. 
the first try. try. <laughs> that was, and it was only because you said the security piece too, because a lot of the SD-WAN yeah. providers okay. are yeah, not fully right. baked yet. Not fully baked. Kato's great. I love Kato. That's right. Um, I'm under NDA with this other big company that we just did a Kato rollout okay. for, but I use Kato for a lot. And then I have another company that's big manufacturing company with, um, manufacturing over in China and Kato is really good at getting around the, the great wall of China. That's right. So that was, you know, if you've got VPNs that go down every time Chinese Congress goes into power, then Kato networks. And give me a call. I'll help you. I'll make the introduction if you guys want. <laughs> uh, I've done plenty of Kato for anyone out there listening. Tons of Kato rollouts. I'm a VeloCloud fan too. I definitely am. And a few others. But Kato is great for international backbone or anything global yeah. if you're doing global travel. And then as far as their their whole security piece around the mobile device management, being able to you yeah. know exactly. have mobile devices securely access your network without worry and stuff. So cool. So that helped. So then we were using Teams for voice for making phone calls and stuff like that or what? Uh, yeah, I had some, there was some of that. Our, our, our voice system is a Pantera network. So not Pantera. You know, uh, old school. Voice over IP. Yeah. That's, so it, it was a lot of that. So I you know, used all the apps on the phone, yep. for your cell phone, uh, make calls from the office in that way. Cool. Uh, but that's, I haven't that's heard cool. Pantera in a while, but yeah, still there. It's like yeah, Gen Band. It's like hearing, like when I hear Gen Band, if that comes up, you always know. People still have some stuff. You can always tell by the. Have you ever noticed? You can always tell by the hold music. You're like, oh, that's Gen Band platform. <laughs> but okay, excellent. So, just curious, in internally, what was the when the pandemic hit and people were working from home? I'm assuming there was maybe some supply chain issues and other things that might have affected the business. But how about just in general, like the how did IT was IT a calmer or was IT like, were you guys like the calm to the storm or was it more like everyone's throwing all kinds of stuff at you and you're like, we're going to lose our mind? No, it, it really wasn't that bad. I mean, for us okay. and, and I, you know, from a connectivity standpoint, I really, again, back to Cato, it's, you know, the client uh, yep. was excellent. The oh, they were giving out free VPN connections. They were giving out during, that was another thing they oh, did that was right. awesome. Yeah. They were like, yeah. how many do you need? A couple hundred? Okay, here you go. That's right. Yeah, oh. yeah. That was, they were really, really cool with that. Yep. Awesome. Excellent. I don't know where to go from there. That was just, That's... that was, tell me, I guess, when you talk with your colleagues, I'm making this up off the top of my head. I've never asked okay. this question, right. but when you talk with other IT folk, right. IT, do you have, you know, it's kind of like we, we, you might be somewhere where like people don't really know. They can't talk the jargon. They would have no clue what SD-WAN is. They would have no clue what all these acronyms we are. But when you are with people that understand you, what's your most passionate subject of choice? And it might not have anything to do with IT whatsoever. It might be, I don't know, Bitcoin or something, you know. Right. No, I guess, I mean, I, I, what I enjoy talking about the most in his IT would be more, more the lines of software development. I just, I, I get excited about it, even though I don't do it so much anymore. I still do it. I still try to keep myself enough to, you know, do that. But it's, I, I'm always interested in new techniques, new possibilities. You know, I'm always, I like to develop a new technique in software development, such as I take an approach like you're making a part, you know, you got to build a material. Can I develop software where I can essentially generate components that are like a bill of material and I can assemble those components into a final assembly that's a program? You know, we're taking a little bit of a design approach. Uh, I don't know if that'll work. You know, it's, you know, there's some things like that today. I know with object-oriented programming and such, but it's just I'm interested in, you know, the development of software development technique or the software development approach. 
from um, from a software from a, a dev ops kind of perspective there's this i see it as a problem i see this kind of a typical problem we'll put this on the what was it what do we call it the list again the list that you have the yeah, issues list issues yeah. list okay we're gonna throw this on the issues <laughs> list uh, all right the on on my issue list if i worked for you right. my on my issue list would be trouble finding good a good software development team how do we how do we find good software developers for in-house software development how do we find them right how do we not find just some janky dude that says a team that says yeah we can do this this and this and you know whatever throw it out to upwork and offshore this and that and we basically end up with a bunch of copy code and and you know kind of stuff put together and it's like you know it's like hey we got the job done but no we want like good software dev people how do we find that yeah it's and and one of the things that uh, as an evaluation tool and maybe maybe considered old i don't know but it's you know as i've I've, in the past when i've gone through interviews you know it's it's there's some testing involved some something to measure your your skill level you know and and so i've always had to go through something like that not only the the face-to-face interview with the individuals maybe a technical interview with a team of individuals, but also sitting down and, and getting one through some sort of a test that tries to gauge your level of skill, your, your skill level with the, with the software development. So I want to uh, know what that test know. is, because what if we're even throwing that test out to, yeah, maybe we're outsourcing some software development because we don't have the in-house, right. we don't have the money to, to hire. We're not Netflix. We're not going to go cherry pick right. everybody and right. get the best software development guys in the world. Right. What do we, what's that test look like for you guys? Is it top secret? Uh, no, it's not top secret. I mean, we just some basic. So we look at some design. You know, ask them some design questions. How you would approach the problem? So, for example, how you, I guess how you what kinds of questions you would ask in terms of gathering the information to begin the the, the process of development. So, are you asking the right questions to the person that's presenting a challenge to you? to solve the analysis side of it and the design uh, side of things. So we look at that, just some basic questions along this line. Nothing nothing super deep, but just some top level to kind of gauge if they have a good technique, a solid technique in terms of how they approach uh, software development. And sometimes you ask specific technology questions. So if you're, you're hiring a C-sharp programmer, you may you know put in some C-sharp questions and see how, how well they, you know, at least a, a basic level of C-sharp even, or, or kind of gauge your level of knowledge in C-sharp. You may do some of that. The best test I ever went through was a test that, you know, fired questions at you. And as you got more right, the, the complexity uh, hmm. uh, of questions that you've got got higher and higher and higher you know tougher hmm. tougher tougher and then as you miss questions they would kind of scale it back okay a little easier a little easier to kind of really kind of gauge your level that way that was i don't know who put that test together but that was a pretty pretty slick test to kind of gauge it. it's it's a pretty solid methodology actually if we could do that if we're gonna yeah. actually do that with vendors, all vendors in general, like, hey, oh, yeah. take this test That's real right. quick to see if you're uh, full of crap or not. It would it would be you know it'd be great you know and 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 these vendors rated this 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 and that, but it still begs the question is like how do you find the people to begin with? How you do know? you find them to begin with? It's right. um in IT right now. From what I hear is there's a well we're in the midst of the what do they call it? The, the great resignation and right. you know there's a, a shortage of IT jobs and I'm. 
trying to understand why. So there's a lot of opportunity, I would think, out there yeah. for IT directors to grow, expand. And we, Anyways, and we've haven't used recruit. We've you know sometimes we use recruiters to kind of you know, submit the I guess find candidates for us and submit a resume. But we've also used some of the online services, you know, such as Indeed or such as I don't know. I mean, some of the other services. Uh, that are out there, we've, we've kind of gone, gone through those through our HR group mm. uh, in terms of sourcing resumes and that type of thing. So, I mean, that's that's some of the things we've done. I've, I've found that it's just been really tough to get good, solid, and, you know, at times with candidates and through some of that, that approach. So, we you know, we've had better success when we've sourced uh, through recruiters. And that are you hiring right now? Not for the IT department, we're not. Okay. I mean, there are other areas of the business that are, but we're not. Gotcha, gotcha. For IT directors out there, what is the end game? What's the end game? Do we do we retire? Is there a four hundred one k? What is it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I want to work forever. I mean, I just, <laughs> you know, it's uh, my plan is to work till seventy at least. But that's, uh, yeah, I mean, from a retirement standpoint, I don't, I don't, I hadn't really thought about it. I, I guess the retirement piece of it. Yeah, there's a four hundred one k. There's all of that. But I, I was thinking that end game when you ask the questions, what are we? What is our goal as IT directors to achieve as an end game for the IT uh, for our business, you know, and that's to show value in our business. So we, you know, we have to you know, not only engage with the you know, employees in our business, but also with the leadership in our business to understand what the, the top level needs are, what the main needs are in our business. But we have to show value by, you know, delivering on those needs. So. For example, if we, you know, if we if we stand back and we're just the guys that keep the lights on and keep my computer running, mm -hmm. you know, that's that's important. But that's really not where the biggest value can be brought. And so we have to solve business problems through either through the implementation of new technology, whether it's hardware, mm -hmm. whether it's software. But the end game is really to you know provide that uh, business where we can uh, improve our processes, or reduce our costs, and improve our efficiencies. You know, to meet those overall needs of our business, where our business can be successful through the use of technology. That's to me the end game as far as what IT. Is. So IT guy, there's plenty of people out there sitting right now in a cost center. They're sitting in the cost center right now. IT is keeping the blinking lights on in the business. Right. They are not asked to necessarily really sit in and take part in right. very valuable business decisions. What does that IT leader need to do? What are the questions they need to ask? Who do they need to cattle prod above them to get them to wake up? What do they need to say? What bravery, what brave step forward do they need to take? Yeah, and it's, you know, it's really, again, there's a very, I guess there is a uh, myopic view of IT from some businesses where it's a very narrow, you don't have software developers, maybe you don't have analysts, but you, you have infrastructure folks. So you, they are, you know, supporting the business in a critical way, but can't really bring maybe business uh, software process changes. You need people to understand, be able to understand the business. So we, we have to sell that to the, to the corporate leadership, the CEO, the CFO. I report to the CFO directly here, but we have to sell them on that idea. And part of that is to be able to step into projects, get involved in the projects at my level. I've kind of pushed my way into some projects and to show where we can add value. We need to be involved. We need to know what's going on because I don't know that we don't need to budget for, uh, you know, 10 new servers or whatever. I don't know. It's just 
you know, if we're not involved with the, at the, in this leadership, then we can't, you know, be prepared to bring what you need to have to, su to support what your, your initiatives are. So, you know, I have to sell that and that's on me to talk to the CEO, to talk to the CFO, you know, to show them where we can bring that value. But we have to also be given that opportunity and I have to force my way, push my way into projects. How do you, have, how are you doing that? I'm just curious. Yeah. How, are you, how are you forcing your way in? Yeah. So for example, we, you know, we have an ERP platform and it's, you know, we're looking to upgrade that. So, you know, I'm, I'm really trying to drive, drive that process to where we can, you know, bring ourselves up to a current release of that. And that sounds like it's not a big deal, but it's been a while since we've upgraded. I mean, upgrade is not cheap. So I've had to kind of push that with our leadership that, hey, you know, we're about to run out of compliance in the sense that I'm going to start having technology issues here. I'm going to have, you know, browsers that aren't going to work with the product anymore. So we stand to, you know, lose our capabilities with the system. So I'm selling them on that idea because that's the truth. That's what's going to happen if we don't make a move. But other things like MRP, we want to roll out MRP, improve our inventory. You know, I'm, I'm involved with that to sort of show them how that can happen. Getting involved with some of the um, key players in that that area, not necessarily directly with the CEO, but in the other area, managers are key players saying, hey, we, got, we can help here. You know, we can help you understand how this is going to work. We can help... Uh, you with the implementation process and we can help with testing and so on so we've kind of pushed our way into those areas of the business and we're moving forward with some projects right now in that area the analytics is driven, was initially driven uh, by it as well so i led, led the uh, team to go through an evaluation and selection and you know we've got that product now we've already purchased the product we've got it in-house we're going through the training but I, I drove all that initiative you know, as far as getting that, getting that set up, getting it done, getting us through that process. So that's an effort to show those areas of the business what we can do to help the business. And so we continue in that area. I have IT people going through training still to help there. So all those we had to push our way into to kind of get involved and show where we can bring that value. And I would imagine your job is a lot more fun and exciting when you do that. It is. I mean, because I mean, it, what I want to see us do here is broaden our IT to where we're now bringing into some development. We can do development. You, know, you have a request. You know, there's things that you need you don't ask for because we don't have the, maybe the, the skill sets or what have you to, to do those things. So as we get more involved in these things, I want to see us bring on analysts and software folks and kind of broaden that IT perspective across our whole business. And so that, you know, we'll be able to deliver improvements, so, uh, whether it's here in Knoxville or whether it's in uh, China, but we'll be able to mm. deliver improvements. And what's cool is you can say you're blowing hot air. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and we're not just blowing hot air or we no, are, you know, I mean? like you get a, it, it really, it, it, it fits nice. It fits nice into your business. Randy, I've been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much. Very insightful to basically jam IT down the throat of your CFO for the betterment of mankind and the company and making more money. Thank you. I appreciate it. I've enjoyed it. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. If you like this or any other episode, make sure you rate it and share it with one of your friends. And remember, when it comes to IT, you always need to be dissecting, analyzing, and improving.